0: For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail, from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everybody. Today, I'm joined once again by Jonathan and Michelle, the place's editors for Atlas Obscura. They are the folks who see every single submission that gets sent into Atlas. They sort through them, they fact-check them, write them up, publish them. And so they get to see a lot of interesting places. And they are back to share some of their recent favorites. Uh, Hi, Jonathan. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Dylan. Hey, Dylan. Well, thanks for being back on the show. Uh... Let's jump right in. Jonathan, let's start with you. What was the most memorable entry that you've added to the Atlas in recent weeks?
1: So I was really struck by a submission we got about a place called the John C. Campbell Folk School. It's in Brastown, North Carolina, and it was founded by a woman named Olive Dame Campbell back in 1925. She, she named the school after her late husband because while he was alive, he was a huge proponent of improving education in rural areas. And that's essentially what this school was all about. Mm. But it wasn't a normal school, you know, history and math and science classes. Instead, it was a school to teach local residents how to do things like woodworking, blacksmithing, quilting, and weaving. And there were two reasons the school taught these kinds of traditional handcrafted skills. On one hand, they wanted to preserve these traditional forms of Appalachian craftsmanship so that these skills can be passed on from generation to generation. But on a more practical level, is about giving local residents ways to earn some extra money. Oh wow. The school was founded in 1925. And a few years later, the country was thrown into the Great Depression. And the school continued to encourage these handcrafted skills and creating these heirlooms as a means to create extra income for families in Appalachia. I suspect some
0: of these skills are skills that are maybe, you know, kind of fading out of existence a little bit and are 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 these aren't necessarily things that are people are doing in their normal life anymore. And so you kind of need an institution that that helps preserve them. Absolutely.
1: And it looks exactly, if you go into the atlas and take a look at it, when you look at it, you would say, wow, that looks like a folk art school. Okay. <laughs> so it's, it's, very, it's a very cool thing. And I think, like you said before, like these techniques and different craftsmanships are fading with time. And this school is trying its best to preserve that history um, into the new era. That's cool. Michelle, what about you?
0: What's something recent that, that grabbed your attention?
2: So last time I was on the podcast, I talked about the man who my street is named after. Um, I'm going to keep it in the in my neighborhood uh, oh, wow, this time okay. <laughs> uh, and talk about uh, a tree. That is a couple blocks away from me. It is the Magnolia grandiflora tree. It's a it's a laurel magnolia that was planted in Bedford Stuyvesant, Brooklyn, in the 1880s, and has survived since then. Um, it is the only current living landmark in New York City, and it's this really beautiful old magnolia tree that's also tied to a really interesting neighborhood story. Um, there's a woman who lived in bed Her name is uh, Hattie Carthan, who was known as the Tree Lady. Uh, and she basically adopted this tree, uh, cared for it, kept it from getting demolished, um, and really just like fostered not only this one tree, but a lot of other um, trees and greenery throughout Bed-Stuy. And and it's just a really amazing story. And it was really nice because we only got a single picture of this tree when it was submitted. And I could walk about five minutes and go take a couple more. (laughs) It's covered in scaffolding right now, unfortunately. Uh, But I'm just waiting for the day that it is fully uncovered and I get to see it in all its glory and full bloom.
0: Yeah, it's not every day that, you know, sometimes you're like, okay, this place is in rural China or like Antarctica. And you're like, I'm not, there's not an easy way to to, to get there. But it's cool that, that that place was, you could actually just leave your apartment and be like, oh, there it is.
2: Oh, yeah, it was great.
0: You know, it brings up this question of like how you even identify, you know, sometimes people ask me like, what's an Atlas place? And I sort of sometimes struggle to tell them the answer because it's like, I know what an atlas place is when I see one. I'm like, that is it. That has a story. That... But I'm curious, what what are some things you're looking for in an atlas place? And what kind of helps make an atlas location an atlas location? Like, what are some of the qualities that you look for in a, in a place?
1: Yeah, I think that wonder, this sense of wonder and, and curiosity, the strange, the macabre, um, these are like all my my buzzwords that I use when, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. when I'm going through my places, but yeah, anything I think I think things that are deemed the strange, unusual, maybe even the mundane, but have this unique story, a history behind it that is just waiting to be told and waiting to be uncovered. I think one of the quintessential atlas places that I can think of is is the underread rest area in Norway, which is essentially mm-hmm. known as Norway's most beautiful public toilet. And I mean, (laughs) that's, that's an Atlas place. That's, that's what we want. That's, that's, that's quintessential Atlas places or things of that nature that just seem strange and unusual, but have a unique story, a unique history, almost like these places are people, they're characters in in a sense. They have a story, they have a life, they have a legacy. I'm just waiting to be told. I think that's what we look for in these, these places. That's a great, what a great way to, to put it, Jonathan. Uh, can you
0: I have to ask what is this what does the bathroom look like? like what are we talking about here okay. how, how how beautiful
1: is this bathroom?
2: It is stunning it is very <laughs> stunning. it actually is it's, it's
1: situated along the Norwegian scenic route. so it's one of the most beautiful highways. Okay. um it's actually a place where people go to watch the northern lights, but this it sits outside and if you look at it, it almost looks like an amphitheater. It's concrete um with frosted glass single like single bathroom um with stone seats that sits right on the water, so it's 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 one of those things that you have to see to actually believe it. It's a minimalist design. Um, it can also appear to glow in the dark at night because of the light, so it, it stands out amidst like the Norwegian skies and 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 the, the the Arctic skyline. So it's just one of those places that, I mean. Get out of here, Norway! Yeah, yeah, get so, all right, enough. Okay, we know it's
0: nice there. Okay, back off. Yeah, and, Which, and just a little I'm gonna go to my
1: filthy gas station bathroom. Exactly, okay, like, I live we, in America. We don't, Thank you very much. We don't deserve. We don't get the privileges of the most beautiful rest stops in the world along the I-95 corridor. <laughs> yes, and also one more thing is that um it derives its name. Uh, from a World War II memorial, the under that was actually a submarine, meaning fearless, that sank during World War II, um, causing the casualty of 42 sailors that were on board. So it's this beautiful, unique, wondrous, almost far out place. But then there's also another layer to it that hmm. may not even be talked about. It may not be even be on the surface. So I think that what makes the quintessential Atlas place is almost like a, just un- unpeeling an onion. And we just find another layer and another layer and another layer that we can continue to talk about and explore. Yeah. What, and I think
2: it, if uh, if that one is intriguing to you, I believe it's part of a list that we did last year uh, of bathrooms that you should pee in before you die. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> and they're all excellent. Every single I think that still is the most beautiful. Um, but, man, it's a good it's a good collection That's, of bathrooms. It's a
0: good list. I I've, I've, there's a bathroom in the Madonna Inn in California that is uh to, uh, yeah, it's to die for. <laughs> it's really and a good one. Of one of those
1: bathrooms on that list is in New York City, right in the heart of Manhattan. One of the most beautiful mm-hmm. bathrooms that you should pee in before you die. So, all right, so these links in the show notes, everybody. Links in the show <laughs> notes. You got you got a new, a
0: new kind of bucket list to, to, to think about. Michelle, what about you? What's What's a place that you've seen that that you just thought oh, this is like quintessential Atlas Obscura?
2: When I think of quintessential Atlas, I. The first things that come to mind are often natural wonders for me. And one of my personal favorites uh, is this teeny, tiny island uh, called Litla de Moon, uh, Litla de moon. i'm I'm butchering the name, and I apologize. But it is the smallest of the Faroe Islands, which is um, an archipelago in the North Atlantic of 18 sort of rocky volcanic islands. And it's teeny tiny. And, and maybe you've seen a picture of it. Uh, it is known because it often has like its own perfect little cloud propped right on top of the island. Um, and it's just so sweet. And it's fun to look at which I think is, you know, a great qualifier for a natural wonder. But you yeah. also look at it and you say, like, what is that? How does that island have its own personal cloud? It seems like something out of a cartoon. Um, and so you sort of get to dig in and, and understand the science behind it. Um, and and those are really wonderful.
0: I've seen that place, and it's incredibly Cute. Yes. It's like a cartoon. It's got like a little cloud hat that it wears, and it could not oh, be. yeah,
2: you want to draw a teeny it's... little smiley face on so, it and totally. see like it's going on adventures and hanging out with a whale or something. And when
1: I first saw it, it, it just looks like something out of Zelda. Like that's the oh, first man. thing I thought of was <laughs> Zelda. Yeah. yeah, for
0: sure. Yeah, if if yeah, there's definitely a category of places where like belongs in a fantasy novel or a video game, and you're like, okay, that's in. Well, these are amazing places. Uh, Jonathan, at the end of the last episode, we did a stub, which is basically an atlas entry where we need more information and we want to sort of enlist people to help out. So
1: what is your stub for us this week? We have one called the historic Okinichi Speedway, which is located in Hillsborough, North Carolina, and it's actually one of the few surviving original NASCAR dirt speedway tracks left remaining in the United States. So it's a forty-four acre site. It's already registered on National Register Historic Places, um, but it's on the banks of the Eno River. It's been around since inaugural the NASCAR's inaugural season of nineteen forty-nine. This track is still there, um, hmm. but we don't have hardly any information on it. You know, we have a couple pictures of some signage that's there. We don't have any pictures of the actual track itself. Um, I'm sure there's some like red gnarly drivers that actually like took this track. I'm pretty sure they were like. Unique cars that were used on this track during that time. I would just love, love, love to know more about this particular track that exists in Hillsborough, North Carolina. If you guys have anything out there, photos, original photos, archival photos would be great. Um, <laughs> any type of information related to the Okachinichi Speedway, please, please, please help us out um, and, and, and pop in that information as, as if you can. Um, also, if you're going to visit there to take some pictures, make sure you wear good walking shoes and bring <laughs> Brandon Buck Spray because it is a... a wooded area and there's no access after sunset either so please don't trespass <laughs> i like
0: that i like that nice practical information little no before you go there <laughs> Gotta and, give, and... yes
1: that's our job to, to provide travelers with this information so both the story and and the useful
0: stuff absolutely michelle how how should someone if they want to send information in how should they do that
2: so on the page uh you if you scroll down to the bottom you'll see there's an option to make an edit and you can go there and you can add your photos or add more information directly to the entry and uh, Jonathan and I will see that and we will be very excited. Absolutely. You know Jonathan, I did not realize until you just said this that NASCAR went back as far as the 1940s. Yes. Yes. That's the that's the one thing I think like we have actually have a story on the site talking about like the early
1: days of NASCAR with these amazing pictures and like why do i feel like it started
0: in booze running
1: it did did it it did actually during
0: prohibition i feel like this was like
1: people running from the law with moonshine that is very true yes that's what that's where nascar kind of got its roots from was from the bootlegging industry and just guys souping up these cars to outrun the law and to ship the booze across the county lines as fast as possible so yeah nascar has its roots in illegal rum running
2: that is fascinating
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: So uh, we'll put the link uh, in the show notes. And please come and tell us about the racetrack. Tell us about anything else you know. Like, Atlas is a communal project. It can only exist because people out there tell us about the incredible things in their own backyard, something they stumbled across. So we hope uh, we hope to hear from you. Check the show notes for links to what we talked about here. And Jonathan and Michelle, thanks for coming back on the show. I, I can't wait to talk to you again in, in a few weeks. Yeah. Thank you, Dylan, for having us. Thank you.
2: And thanks to everyone listening for all the contributions you make. Yes. We love to see them.
0: Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I'll see you next time.
1: Witness Docs from Stitcher.
0: The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure they are always connected to the road ahead. Inside,